Hello, my name is David Wolfenden. I'm being joined by Adrian Turton, and we are hopefully going to lead you through some journeys of faith. If you would like to contact us, please do on email. That would be jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Or you can also contact us on Twitter at jofpodcast. Welcome to episode nine. Um, David, how's your week been this week? Um, an interesting one. An interesting one. Maybe for an, maybe for another episode. But, okay. So, yeah. But the good news is the shower's now finished, so we're all set to go. Fantastic. Um, I've got an. In, I've had an interesting week again. Um, Dennis's birthday was. Um, the weekend just gone and we were supposed to have gone on the canal boat but with the lockdown restrictions um it meant we couldn't so we booked a flight simulator and turned up to the flight simulator at barton on sunday and guess what the simulator broke <laughs> so he's going flying tomorrow morning which will be friday the 7th um so if you have a plane buzzing over your house it could be an eight-year-old <laughs> see not instilling confidence no not instilling confidence <laughs> in me i've got to sit in the back with him because mum's decided she doesn't want to so yeah yeah but other than that it's been a good week right awesome so we have um a guest that's been on a few times now a repeat and uh, a, a repeat guest and we love hearing from him and we love hearing his stories and this week or this episode he's going to be talking to us about inclusive church so hopefully you might know who it is but we suppose i better introduce him it's nick campbell hi nick hi adrian hi dave great to be back with you hello nick how's your week been it's been a good week i've finished work today for two weeks and uh, we're off to uh, devon on monday oh anywhere Uh, nice yeah, we're going to go to Torquay, uh, yeah. Exeter, um, just explore Devon. Yeah. I've not been there for about 40 years. Can I give so, you a tip? Go on. When you're in Devon, uh, when you're in Torquay, um, go up to Babacombe Downs, uh, and it should be open. Go to the Angel Tea Rooms and have I'm a right, cream I'm tea right looking yeah. over the um, towards Portland. Um, so you can see um, Portland. You can't actually see it, but it's in the distance. But it just looks out on the coast. It's where I used to live, um, Torquay. So you'll be going Thanks to some of my old hang- hangouts. I've written that down. Angel Tea Rooms. If there's food involved, I'll be there. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I've mate. got family in Paynton, so just right, right around the corner. Oh. Well, I lived in Paynton as well. I know. Um, I used to live on <laughs> Winner. I used to live on Winner Street. Um, lovely, lovely. I used to have a view of the sea and the church, which was really freaky because it used to have a red light on its back porch of wow. the church. I don't know why it was red, but it was red and it was a bit freaky because I used to look out and just see this red light and someone walked past it. It was a bit scary, <laughs> you know. I did. It, it's uh, it's different. Paintings nice as its own little thing but yeah no you're definitely going to my old neck of the woods so you need to there's quite a few places there you need to go and visit while you're there and thank you to the uh, devon tourist board there can we move on (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i'm passionate i love devon Um, (laughs) if if you've not gathered um so other than that nick has anything interesting happened since we last spoke to you yeah i've been i've been um I've had my, uh, I've had another chat with my uh, Dursian, um director of ordinance uh, about uh, what ne- the next steps in terms of my uh, discernment process for ordination for the Anglican Church. So I've got another meeting in September, and then we'll see what happens after that. So it's an ongoing process, but it's mm-hmm. um, it's good doing the Lord's work and uh, following the path He's taking me on. So we'll see where it leads me. Oh, well, I've made a note of September, so we might have to come back to you in September to find out what's happened. Oh, I'll let you know. Book him a regular slot. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we might have to. Well, I, I think we need to get on to the nitty-gritty of this episode, and I think uh, with some of the things that have happened 
over the past week. It's going to be an interesting episode for me. Um, so we're going to be talking about Inclusive Church. Um, how and when did you first get involved with that, Nick? Well, when I was in um, the North Manchester Deanery, the incumbent in the church I was at um, mentioned, asked me whether I'd be interested in being an Inclusive Church ambassador. And to be honest with you, Adrian and Dave, I didn't, I didn't know what that was at all. I had to, uh, I had to go online to look it up. So then I discovered about a little bit more about the inclusive church, what it stood for, what its values were, what it, what its aims were, and then I signed up. So for quite a few years now, I've been one of Manchester's inclusive church ambassadors, and my role is to promote the uh, the ethos of the inclusive church, to let churches know what it's about, what it isn't about and how it can act as a kite marking effect to put on your website or your literature or, your, or, or basically any communications that you want to make to, to indicate to people looking at you from the outside that you are an inclusive church. Because sadly, as we all know, not all churches are inclusive. Yeah. And people don't want to take the gamble of summoning up the courage to attend a church on a Sunday morning and finding out perhaps that there isn't a welcome there for them. So Inclusive Church makes it clear to people who do join a church with the Inclusive Church branding that they are entering a worship space where they will be welcomed. Can I just start off, guys, by reading you the Inclusive Church statement? It's a, it's, it's a few sentences, but I think it sums up really what the Inclusive Church is, is all about. And it says... Um, this is the, the statement of the Inclusive Church. We believe in Inclusive Church, a church which celebrates and affirms every person and does not discriminate. We will continue to challenge the church where it continues to discriminate against, against people on grounds of disability, economic power, ethnicity, gender, gender identity, learning disability, mental health, neurodiversity or sexuality. We believe in a church which welcomes and serves all people in the name of Jesus Christ, which is spiritually faithful, which seeks to proclaim the gospel afresh for each generation, and which in the power of the Holy Spirit allows all people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ. So that's the ethos. It's a tall order. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we, and it's something that is a journey for many churches. My job as an ambassador is to go into churches, to tell them about the Inclusive Church Network and try and let them see the benefits to them and their congregations of joining the network. And to tell you both, I'm increasingly delighted that more and more churches are joining the network. It isn't just Anglican churches, Catholic churches, Methodist churches, lots of different denominations within the Christian faith are joining the network. And there are over 400 churches now in the UK which are part of the Inclusive Church Network. And being an ambassador, it's, 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 uh, it's an honour and a privilege. No, it's, um, it sounds really good. I think it's, um, I think, I don't know how that impacts on the, the, the bigger church, obviously, because that's individual churches sign up to it. And I believe, um, is it your deanery, Wivington, that signed up to it as a deanery as well? So I take yeah. We're the, uh, we're the actually the only fully inclusive deanery in the nation, in the country. Right. Uh, which means that every church, it's a broad statement to make, but what that actually means is that each individual church in our deanery is a member of the Inclusive Church Network, which means we can say we are the officially the uh, only fully inclusive deanery in the country. Question. Sorry, I'm going to have to throw this out there. Yeah. Um, I, I get, I get what it is. I understand, and I've got to say, I think it's a great idea. I have no, I have no issues with it. How can a church not be? Do, do you know what I mean? How, I mean, I, I love the fact that you've signed up to it as a deanery. You've got however many churches in that deanery, and they're they're fully committed. Yeah. How can a church? not be committed to that how can a church penalize against sexual orientation disabilities isms what that list it's a copious list dave i wish i wish it wasn't the case but sadly so many churches 
do discriminate against people. Why? Well, <laughs> that's, that's a very interesting question. Why do people dis discriminate? That's a very broad question and it's a good question to ask. <clears throat> I, think it's, I think it's fear and I think it's a lack of understanding of people who are different to, to, to themselves. Most discrimination isn't blatant. It isn't somebody coming up to you, pointing a finger at you and saying, you are not welcome here. Go yeah. away. Um, it's more subtle than that. You know, you turn up at a place and you may find that the fact that you, you, you are gay causes a problem for some people in the church. They might not let, like you to be involved with certain aspects of ministry or leading ministry. Now, I've got friends, Dave, who, who that's happened to. Yeah. Who've been asked to leave churches, not necessarily Anglican churches, but uh, churches in their hometowns. It's happened to people of different um, of, of ethnicities. I've known people face racism, Dave, in, in churches. Um, and people, women have been told that their role is just to make the tea. So these are... These, Obviously, I haven't met my wife. The three, the three, <laughs> the three modern men who are, who are quite, you know, we're quite, we're quite au fait with what's going on in the world. It surprises us when we come up against discrimination like this, but it does happen. I have to say, in, in my dim and distant youth now, it was a while ago, um, I was accused of the big R word. Uh, I'm on my second marriage now, but my first wife certainly by no means is white, which when I was accused of being a racist, it did make me laugh. Was at the wrong time because I actually laughed in the girl's face who called me a racist which obviously I had to kind of apologise for and we moved on. But her father um, was a race relations officer, very big in a community in the Midlands, shall we say? I'm trying not to use specifics, obviously. And I was told by my manager at that point, you need to deal with this. So we went into the office and she called me that word. Um, and I went, no, I'm not a racist. I don't like you but it's got nothing to do with your race, creed, colour, et cetera. I just, and that, and we dealt with that. We, we were never friends, but she then understood where my logic was and we moved past it. And I've, I've, I don't, I'm not a person that sees colour. I'm not a person that sees gender to that. You know, at the end of the day, I don't care. As long as you're happy and I'm happy, be happy. And it's as simple as that. And within the church, it makes it easier because the church is about being happy. You know, I agree, it, and by by no means am I suggesting that those churches who aren't members of the inclusive church network are 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 any of those things. You know, but what I am saying is, it makes it clear to people on the outside when they check your website, <clears> when they get your letter, and they get your email. I know that if I go to an inclusive church, that my sexuality, that my race, that my gender, my, my mental ability, and my learning abilities aren't going to be an issue. And, do you know, as three white men, it's easy for us to, 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 to sometimes think that these things aren't an issue. And you say, you, you know, you yourself, Dave, have experienced what it is to be accused of something. Yeah. Falsely. And it's, it, 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 these issues do cause problems for people. And all we're trying to do is make it clear to people that we want the churches to be welcoming environments. And... I'm increasingly delighted in the fact that more and more churches are signing up to the Inclusive Church Network because they want the world to know that they are diverse and that they are inclusive. So, sorry to, to, so to continue that thought process, then, the church signs up. There are going to be people in there that have these isms, whether it's a, whether it's a subconscious, in which case they don't realise it, or whether it is a definite conscious, I don't want to see you in my church. So I'm guessing by putting that on, potentially you can lose parishioners as well, because you're you're opening the door. And all right, let's do let's have the gay one because that's the easiest one to kind of. So my brother's gay. He comes into the church. It's an inclusive church. George down at the front there starts offering and puffing as they do. Subconscious bias. How is that? How is that dealt with? How how is well, it's all about it's all about uh, toleration toleration of behaviors now if you what have to become a member of the inclusive church it's not a case of just signing up right normally uh, an inclusive church ambassador would go along to the church perhaps run a workshop 
uh, a day workshop on a Saturday afternoon and talk to the parishioners or anybody who wants to come about what being a member of the inclusive church means. Once we've had that workshop, then the PCC, if it's an Anglican church or the leadership group, if it's a different form of church, would vote on whether to join. So it's a PCC-led uh, decision. Right. So the PCC might not want to join. So if the PCC do, however, want to join, they will then be in touch with the inclusive church and we will sign up and then they will have the ability to, to use the logo. Gotcha. Now, I know exactly what you mean. Just because a church is inclusive does not mean that every single individual in that church Correct. will have signed up. However, they're on notice any discriminatory, sexist, racist, homophobic behaviour will not be tolerated. And Dave, yes, you are right. Sometimes people leave because they do not want to accept that diversity. Yeah. However, because the church has nailed its colours to the mast and said we are an inclusive church, the behaviour of those people won't be tolerated anymore and people do often leave. However, what is left is a vibrant church which welcomes people of all different creeds and colours and it becomes a safe zone it becomes a safe zone for people so it isn't just a case of like the the incumbent saying we're signing up you know it's a group decision good good because i mean I've, I've heard i've heard of the process but i didn't actually understand the in-depth of it and i think for anybody who decides to watch or listen to this um, it is important to them because they need to understand that it's not just the vicar who says, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. He's got to have the buy-in of the people because at the end of the day, they're the people that support the church. If you've not got the buy-in of the people, it's worthless. Correct. Because it has no value because people, it isn't true. Because just because the incumbent says this is an inclusive church and just because people put a sign out saying all are welcome here, doesn't mean that they are welcome. Mm. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very sadly, very sadly. But can I just say the Diocese of Manchester are absolutely amazing in terms of this, in terms of inclusivity and in terms of the efforts made to, 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 to build bridges and to create new bridges with minority groups is amazing. I mean, there was an open table service held at the Manchester Cathedral last year. It's an LGBT service. The groups within the ethnic ethnic communities in, in terms of the uh, of the diocese are, are, are amazing. And the support that we've had from our bishops in terms of inclusive church has been phenomenal because you don't get that throughout the nation. No. I mean, we forget that you look at other dioceses down south, particularly some of them, and there's a lot of reluctance to sign up to inclusive churches. Yeah. But Manchester leads the way. <laughs> well, I awesome. think... I think I don't really want to say this, Nick, because it's probably not going to sound very good. I've been pushing for this, so you've I, got to say it, because if you don't, I will. I have I, to say. I agree and disagree. Go on. Because you know some of the problems I've had over the years, um, and I am totally 100% you know, with... I love the idea of inclusive church, and I think it's fantastic. I think it's a shame that we need inclusive church, because it should be a standard in every church that everyone's welcome. But we know we don't live in that perfect bubble. You know, we live in the real world and there is an element of um, people. Bias. Yeah, the, the, the easiest way to put it. And, and I have, I've been struggling with this for quite a while. Um, as you know, I, I, I'm dyslexic and I do feel that over some of this time that, my dyslexia has been a problem to the church not necessarily um the church as people but the church as an institution i think yeah. they've made it hard for people with some disabilities that aren't seen to be able to actually do does that if make it's sense? A, if it's a disability that people can see people can deal with it a lot easier than to look at to look at Adrian, he's an able-bodied white male, and he is treated as such. If you read our Twitter, you would disagree. <laughs> yeah, no, just put it that way. If you understand, you know. And and Nick, you've seen some of um, Adrian's emails, and I'm the same to a degree. I don't always type what's in my head, and I get somebody else to read it if I'm if I'm worried about it. 
and Adrian and others, whatever disability they have, if it's not labelled, I, I I believe that the church doesn't see it. And I think with the inclusive church, and that's kind of where I was coming from because I wasn't sure on how that was created. Um, if you walked into my church or into my house, you haven't got a badge on saying, I'm Nick Campbell, I'm gay. You know, and best one in the world without sounding awful, you know, you're not overly camp as you speak. So there is no, there is no clue. Yes. And it's the same with Adrian's uh, dyslexia. So, you, but once you get that label, people will treat you differently. And that's where, sorry, Adrian, I, I do apologize. I'm rambling, but I think that, that's my point. The fact that as soon as you get labeled, that label can either work for you or against you. And from what I've heard of what's going on, it has worked against you. Well, I know, yeah. Adrian, I know you've, you've had to um, endure some, some personal attacks, you know, um, mm. which are totally wrong. And But I, I'm also heartened, Adrian, by the amount of support that you've received from people oh, as yeah. well. I mean, I know that you've had personal communication with the, the Bishop of Bolton, yeah. who's been supportive of you. Um, about some of the, the challenges that you faced, personal challenges that you faced, which have been directed at you, some horrible, horrible attacks, verbal and written attacks, and um, there are so many people out there supporting you, yeah. you know, who, who who want you to succeed and want you to do well. No, there is. Unfortunately, we're always gonna, we're always whatever walk of life we're in, we're gonna come across people who don't understand us, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I pray for them. I pray, I hope, I hope that they, they see the error of their ways because your ministry is a valuable ministry, Adrian, and I know that the Lord has plans for you. No, no, and, and, and that's it. But I, I just wanted to use that because obviously this one and, and some of the others we've talked about, you know, the, de definitely the Inclusive Church. And, and over the past week, I've been looking at the Inclusive Church material and website and, and it is some good stuff and it's just a shame that it's not, sort of mandatory that every church has to look at it every now and again and actually read them you know the the few booklets that they've put together because they're about six all together yeah all about they're about um, ethnicity disability you know everyone the interesting thing is that everyone always as soon as we talk about inclusive church everyone always goes right into uh, sexuality yeah and that means that the disabled community People with mental health issues, people who are divorced, people who, people who have economic challenges, you know, they're always forgotten because yeah. we're obsessed with sexuality at the moment in the church. So all those other people, often people with dementia, you know, we yeah. talk about dementia-friendly churches. Yeah, it's really, really important. But we seem to have this internal conversation about sexuality all the time, and yeah. the rest of the world's looking at us judging us thinking what are they on about you know just sort yourselves out yeah. you know I've, I've got friends really really good friends who we we agree fundamentally on certain issues particularly on sexuality you know I have friends who don't believe homosexuality is, is right and gay marriage is is wrong now they're still my mates they're still my friends yeah because we're brothers and sisters in Christ but yeah. we agree to disagree yes we have to hold that intention we can't let it overshadow everything that we do. No, definitely. And I think, I, I hope that at some point in the future, we get to the point where sexuality won't even be on the cards. You know, I hope, personally, I think it's going to be a long, long way away, but I'd love it to be that actually none of these issues are on the table. It doesn't matter if you're disabled. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian. It doesn't matter. It, that we see people who is the person stood in front of us, not the what we've been told about people. I just want us to go back to this. You know, if we're made in the body of Christ, we need to accept everybody as the body of Christ and we need to accept Amen. that love and that, that togetherness without barriers. And I hate the fact that it's there, but to be honest, if it wasn't there, would we ever move forward? So, so it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a really hard one because I'd love it not to be there, but how do we move forward if we've not got it? 
you know, we need these things to challenge us because I'm sure there's other challenges on their car. There's always other challenges. But you know what I mean? I just wish that we wasn't having a conversation about having to have an inclusive or, or having to have an inclusive church. It would be good if, if we was totally an inclusive church without that badge. And, and I'm not trying to diss the, the work that they do. Um, I've been speaking to one of the colleagues there this week, um, Nick, um, his name's Nick as well. Um, and I've been talking to him and it's been really interesting because I've shared some of my story with him and, and he came back going, this is very interesting. And we've, I, I'll let everyone know. I was going to stand for the post that came up in Manchester for general. Yeah, Sinop. you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but I found out I don't qualify because of some of the issues that have been ongoing. And I was not, I'm not, I've not been back on the electoral register long enough, even though I've been in the church for 12 years. Um, I was taken off the electoral register when we redid the register and I didn't realize and, and, and because I've not been as active as I should have been for the past six months, which is a bit of a bugbear because for the past four months, nobody's been active within the church. Um, and I've even been active. You have been active, mate. You've been on here. Yeah, I've been active in different ways. But, you know, that that's be all on end all. But I am going to stand next year um, when we when the full synod gets recalled next year. I am going to stand because I'll be in the place where I tick all the right boxes. <laughs> and and I know... I, I, I have a challenge for the church then. This inclusive church, it, should, it shouldn't be, would you like to join? The question should be, why haven't you joined? Oh, and I'm, put, I, I'm putting that question to whoever wants to listen to this, whoever wants to watch it, you want to come on, please do answer my question. The question shouldn't be, why have you it's why haven't you that's because a very good that's what we so that's that's, that's where we need to be <laughs> and it's a very I'm hard you, question <laughs> it's a very hard question to answer because it's easy behind closed doors to say no but if you're challenged on it um something's happened to my daughter this week um my daughter has a quite a bad knee injury at the moment and she was on a bus and she was asked to move off the priority seat by a guy in a mask and she went, I've got a damaged knee. And she lifted up just enough to show the brace. And the guy went, and just walked off. There is no way he would have done that, not wearing a face mask. Because when she went down to the bus depot and she said, like, this has just happened. And they went, can you describe him? She went, yeah, he was wearing a face mask. One of your guys, black face mask. They all look the same. And that's, that's the problem with the vote behind a closed door. Because if you turned up to every meeting, Nick, as an out proud gay man and go for it, bring your husband, they would find it very difficult with you two sat there to go, actually, no, we don't want to be. Really? Why is that? And I ha I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate again. Go for it. Um, your turn. And I think the problem we have as well, and we, we talked about this on the, on, on, even though we've recorded episode 10, even though this is episode nine, <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> and, and I talked about, um, and you might have something to throw into this, Nick, and, and, and please do, is we was, I was on a bit of a downer at the time of people using the Bible as a weapon. And, and I think the Bible is a great document to read and, and, and gives us an insight. But the fact that people can use it as a, as a weapon to say this, and, and there's always can be a counter argument that someone else can pull out of it. And, and I just think that doesn't help the situation because I think we have some very evangelical um, and people who would absolutely, you know, scripture and verse, a reason why it would be wrong for a woman to hold to be a vicar in a church uh, for a gay person to hold a position of authority. And I just hate Correct. the fact that people use a book that should be the good news, which it's called in some versions as a weapon to beat people who don't fit what they want. And it is very much of what their tradition says there should be. If yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It does, it does. And people, I mean, I saw a good cartoon once of people 
using a Bible to bash people over the head with yeah. it, and you know, and, and in order to, to, to in order to subject them to their their, their tyranny and, and 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 it is a case that people use the Bible. I mean, I I can use the Bible to indicate that my arguments, you know, uh, have a credence. On the other side, people can use a Bible to indicate that their arguments have value. So it's a, it's 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 we shouldn't be using the Bible though to justify our positions. You know, we can get into the situation about translations and yeah. the Hebrew Bible being you know different and a new covenant with a New Testament and the good news and you know all that sort of thing but at the end of the day the bible should be about love and inclusion because yeah. i mean let's be honest that's what jesus was about you know yeah. jesus was about love inclusion fellowship he didn't discriminate he dined with prostitutes tax collectors he probably dined with gay men as well yeah. you know at the time in palestine we don't know the bible doesn't say but i'd imagine that if he was mixing with all those people he probably would have been involved with people whose society was shunning yeah and uh, Jesus said nothing about homosexuality at all, not one single thing. He talked about divorce, he talked about um, everything, everything under the sun he talked about, but he never mentioned homosexuality, it's never mentioned in any of the Gospels. And um, I think that's important to remember. Yeah. So I know that when I meet my maker, I know that he will not have a problem with me and my kind and i know that he will say to me nick you were the man i would I, I i made and i made you in my image and i made you to be a disciple for me and other people are allowed to have their own opinions yeah me, and of anything you know i can't stop them i can't that's the one thing you learn as you get older you can't control other people's opinions and views you've got to let them have them but what you can do is remind them that there is an alternative out there. And that's what the inclusive church tries to do, to show people that, you know, we haven't got two horns and a tail. <laughs> we're, not, we're not aiming to destroy families in the world and the patriarchy. We're not aiming to do anything like that. We just let, we just want people to be able to go to church. Yeah. So, so many people don't feel welcome in church, not just because they're gay, but for so many different yeah. reasons. You know, like you say, Adrian, people who suffer from um, learning difficulties or people who have uh, dyslexia, people who have mental health issues, people from different races might not feel that they're welcome. And being in an inclusive church takes you a little bit further in letting people know that, do you know what, there might be somewhere where I can go where I'm going to get well, because I know it's been discussed, I know it's been agreed upon, and I know that there are going to be a body of people there who will welcome me. And that's why I think it's really valuable. When I was looking for a church to join uh, many years ago, I didn't know what to do. So I went on all the websites and it was only that inclusive church insignia that told me that I wouldn't be going somewhere where I wasn't welcome. So that enabled me to get across their threshold, to go through their front door, because if it hadn't have been for that, I wouldn't have gone because I'd have been too scared of the response I might have got. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's one of the things I'm looking at myself now is, you know, where is my new church? Um, where it's time for a fresh start um, because there is people who take dislike to you within the church. And it doesn't, like you say, from my point of view, it's not about my sexuality. It's about my gob. And, and I'm, I'm quite honest, Nick. You know what I'm like. As to our non-UK uh, yeah. listeners, what does that mean, Adrian, gob? Gob, I'm too gobby. I, I, I say what I've, I say what's going on in my mind. I say what I think, and some people don't like it and take an offence to it. And it's not meant as an offence. It's just meant that it's how I feel. You, you've, you've, you've seen, you've been there, and I say things, and and sometimes I don't use the correct language, the correct terminologies, and I just say it. But as you know, if I'm passionate about something the passion comes out in that and 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 i'm in a sense i'm glad i'm a bit like that it's just a shame that some people just take it as a negative sometimes and things like you know we were talking you mentioned before you know some of the problems i've had and do you know what that's their problem yes it was hard for me to get that letter at that time calling me a retard and lots of other things 
But do you know what? Whose problem was that? That was his problem. And the fact is, he didn't like someone standing up to him. He thought, the person in question, thought, oh, it, he, I'm 50, 60 years old of age. He's only 30 odd. He needs to back down and respect me for the years that I have. Well, no, because in my eyes, he was wrong. And in the eyes of lots of other people, he was wrong. So, and, and I will say as I feel it. And if I'm passionate about it, I'm going to say it. And I, I'm happy for people to question me and go, well, what did you mean by that? Or why do we need, why did you say it like that? Why couldn't you put it more nicely? And, and my answer to that sometimes is, I used to be on PCC. And, and I sat there and said the nice things and the nice things and the nice things in a nice way. And then once I just went, no, this is getting ridiculous now. We keep having this discussion. This is my opinion on it. And actually, I think we need to move forward. For me, that people didn't like that because they don't... I think the problem with the church in some senses is there's a lot of older people who don't like being told there's a different way of doing it. <laughs> um, they want it to stay the same. And, and I'm the opposite. I want us to move forward. So i quite happy throwing out the bathwater, but try not to throw the baby away. <laughs> but sometimes it gets close if that, you know what I mean? And, and that's just how I feel. And I think with this inclusive church stuff, sometimes I think there's probably been a bit of a, a radical change had to be made for some people. And, and I think it's good that we use, if that we are challenged in that way sometimes. I think if we just constantly said, why don't you do that? No, sometimes I think we need to actually say, it's time to change. And, and like you said, David, it, it would be good if one day we go and someone comes to us and says, the question is, well, why aren't you part of the Inclusive Church Network? Why aren't you signed up to this charter? Why aren't you on the same card as everybody else? Why, why, are, why are we three separate, you know, why are we in three separate places when we all need to be in one? Which is, you know, l love one another and take the good news as good news. Let's stop bashing people with it and making it. I mean, my, my religious view, as I've said, and I don't know if it was with yourself, Nick, um, I'm, I, I love the Gospel of St. Thomas. Not in, not in the good book itself, but it reflects how I see my religion. Um, and I've read the Bible, and I would say that although Gospel of St. Thomas is me, I am quite Old Testament with a lot of my thought processes, and th but that's who I am. But as I said to you, and um, you guys already know, my brother's gay, I have no isms of that ilk. But when you talk about the good news, you know, Jesus was a reformer. And he only took it for so long. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty certain he went to town beating people with whips and overturning tables. But nobody ever mentions that one because that's not the image they want to see of the church. But at some point, you're going to have to overturn some tables. Maybe not start hitting people with ropes. I think we're past that one. But certainly there's going to be some overturning of tables at some point. And, and when that happens, Who's going to be standing around? Who's going to be the person who says, actually, yeah, you are right. And from what I'm getting from this, it's going to be the inclusive churches because the inclusive churches are the people who are ready for those tables to be overturned in the old synagogues. I think you're right. I mean, just look at the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, um, so many young people throughout the world have just decided that politeness sometimes doesn't work and that they need to make a stand even in the middle of a global pandemic they've needed to make a stand and let their voice be heard about what is going on in the world that they're not prepared to face discrimination and, uh, and prejudice and they're over to that's like them <coughs> overturning the tables and yeah them them becoming uh, active and proactive and protest is protest is key um you know as long as it's done uh, with love, yeah. you know, as long as it's done. Not there is a level. There is, there is a level, and I think there is a danger with. I mean, if if you want, we're, I, I'm going to be on thin ice for this one, so I'm going to be try to be very careful. But with the Black Lives Matter, I think 
the nut is pure. The, 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 the idea of it is pure, but there's a lot of people trying to weaponize it. And that's where it goes too far. You're not overturning the tables in the synagogue. You're actually setting the place on fire. And I think you've got to find that level as well. I, personally, I have no issue with the Black Lives Matter. I have an issue, again, with some of the people doing what they're doing within it and saying, I can do this because. So it, 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 is, it is finding that safe space as well, I think. Mm. And the inclusive church provides that safe place. You sign up to it and it becomes what it is. People, you see, when I, I did a presentation once at a church and they, and they said, well, we don't need to join inclusive church. And I said, well, why? And they said, well, because we already are inclusive. You know, we have X, Y, Z in our congregation. We are inclusive. But my response to that was nobody knows that. Correct. You know, nobody knows you're an inclusive church. You might know that in your own parish, in your own church hall. But the world doesn't know it. And unless you indicate that, someone on the outside isn't going to feel comfortable about coming inside. Yeah. And that's why the inclusive church um, membership is so important because it makes it clear. And it's growing all the time, Dave. That, as I say, there's over 400, I can imagine. Yeah, over 400 churches now. And it's, it, it's amazing because people see what it is, that it's an indication of a set of values and beliefs which has been agreed upon by... The leadership route within a church and people think well you know that's the sort of church i could be a part of everything that's just been said is absolutely right and on the other with the other thing that that david was talking about is i think that's happens with everything doesn't it is that most of protests start with a a, a, a quite pure motive but then you get the people with the less pure motives using that as a a way to cause problems and to attack the agenda of a pure motive by by piling on their agenda which then turns people against the original agenda because they feel that it's gone way too far and and i think some churches have done that probably over the years as well you know rather than staying pure to you know I've had this conversation with you, Nick, on, on several occasions, and I've had it with you, David, as well, where we've said, look, we disagree on some things when it comes to our faith, but actually where, where we, what keeps us tied together as, as fellow brothers in Christ is the bit we all agree on. Yes. You know? Yes, that's exactly right. We don't have to. To agree on everything but i think we just have to remember we've all got some common ground and we just need to start from the common ground and build that relationship so we can slowly expand and and start touching the subjects that scare us or make us feel frightened or make us feel uncomfortable and then we can have them conversations openly and honestly and in a safe environment where we can then go, well, okay, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't think we should do this. But actually, you've made me rethink the process. And then it's for me to go away and look at that and go, yeah, well, actually, that's, yeah, we totally disagree, but actually, we believe in this. And I can go away then and go, well, actually, and think about it. And we'll find that there's common ground in what we disagree with as well. You know, we, it's not, it doesn't always have to be that we totally, dis- there's going to be elements in everything that, that, that draws us together and, and knits us together as a, a community. And, and, and I want, I'm going a bit Franciscan in my head here, <laughs> um, but that's what I want. I want us to be knitted together as a community in fellowship, not just with our brothers and sisters, but as part of creation, which is where we, you know, we are all created equal. You know, it's men, and and I mean men as in the species, not the species, sex. Yeah, that have caused ninety percent, <laughs> nearly humanity. all. The, yeah, humanity is is what's caused most of these problems, and I just want us to. It's never going to happen, but I'd love to wake up tomorrow and we all 
be knitted together in, in a way that we can we can share with each other without being worried that if I say this, I'm going to be accused of being homophobic or I'm going to be accused of being racist or I'm going to be accused of being discriminating against someone because of their age, their sexuality, what they believe. And I just think that's part of the bigger problem now. And it's good that we, as, as a church, we're, we're, we're trying to change that and find the right language. I am not the best person for this because I don't use the right language and I probably am winding some people. No, you do the, you use the right language. You just don't write it very well. Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so some of us, some of us have gifts and some of us no, you're have, right. have um, hindrances and my hindrances, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, and just generally writing anything. <laughs> um, but no, and I just, I just want that. And, and I know it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I just want to go. And I mean, and I'm saying this from a point of view of someone who feels hurt by the church at the moment. Honestly, I, I, I genuinely feel really hurt by the church. And, and I mean, as an institution, you know, there's lots of good people around me who are supportive but the church as an institution isn't supportive. It makes barriers. And, and to be honest, this week I could have shut the door on church and just told it where to go. And I'm being brutally honest because I think that's one thing I, I always wanted from the podcast. And if it upsets someone, I'm sorry. If it causes a conversation, great. But I genuinely, the church of an institution at the moment, I absolutely despise it. And, and that's, you know, but that's because the church as an institution, and there's me using fingers, <laughs> isn't Which people will be able to see because yeah. we're going to put this on YouTube, isn't all inclusive, and it isn't. We we know that. That's literally yeah. what we've just said throughout this. Yeah. And you know, I mean, to, to take this back to Nick, um, you're an all inclusive um, advocate, so you t you tell every one of our X amount of listeners and hopefully viewers, you tell that you tell them now, you give them your spiel. You tell them what they need to do. Well, if they want to find out more about Inclusive Church, go to we've got lots of other presence on social media. So Facebook, Inclusive Church, Twitter, Inclusive Church. As Adrian said, if you go to the Inclusive Church website, there's lots of resources and links and information about our partners and the individuals who are making church inclusive church happen. There's also a link to all the inclusive church ambassadors throughout the country. So you can find the one who's nearest to you, wherever you are in the UK, and uh, contact them. Their contact details are there. And then start a dialogue with them about what you can do in your own church on an individual level to make a difference. It might be just one, begin with one conversation, and out of that, something amazing might grow. You know, your church might turn a corner and become a member of Inclusive Church Network and witness growth like it could never have imagined. You know, it's all about just individuals making that difference, one conversation at a time to change the world. And, you know, I am an optimist and I have hope that we can, we can do that. And just think about the leaps and strides we've had in the church in the last, in the last 50 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, no one would have imagined 50 years ago that we'd, we'd have female bishops, you know. Uh, it's just an incredible positive move forward, which is happening to the world right now. And you just can't stop it. There's a line in Muriel's wedding. Sorry to quote, quote it, but it says you can't, it. Stop, you can't stop progress. And it's true. You can't stop no. progress. And you can't stop progress in the church. And it's an exciting time to be alive. No, it is. And, and, and Nick... Thank you again for coming to join us. I, I, I honestly think this one's been a, another good, another good episode, and, and it's been a, a good topic to cover. And, and I think we'll probably come back to it at some point. And, I'm sure we will, because hopefully we've set some challenges for people. Yeah, and and you know, I, I, I am, I, I'm encouraged by this, but as personally, I'm, I'm hurt not by this but by the church as a wider entity that doesn't seem to get that grasp that we need to look after everybody it, it's not about 
being the right person is if we're all made in the image of Christ, we all need to be treated as we would treat Christ. You know, we need to love each other to the best of our abilities and support each other in the best of our abilities. And I just want to, I just want to read this. And, and I, I, I've not read scripture on this podcast before, and it's not something I wanted it to turn into. But this morning, I, I have a daily reading thing. And, it, and it's a very, it is literally a verse. And it says, walk in love as Christ has also loved us. And it just really spoke to me that actually it, it was relevant to the podcast and it was relevant to what was going on in my, what's been going on in my, my church life this week. And, and actually, I just think we need to go back there and, and just remember that, that, you know, walk in love as Christ Amen. has loved us. Amen. And and I'm going to leave it on that. So thank you, Nick, for joining thank you, us. Adrian. Thank you, David. Thank you, Adrian, for having me. It's been a pleasure to be back. Nick, it has been a pleasure. It's, it's, it's nice to get out the cobwebs. <laughs>